Hey, this is Nick Walters with the Industrial Hemp Growers Digest. Thank you so much for tuning in and learning a little bit more about uh, the hemp industry. Uh, this is a webinar we did in our regular Wednesday webinar series with Jeff Sullivan from New Bloom Labs, headquartered in Chattanooga, Tennessee, as well as in Dallas, Texas. Jeff does this really great job of helping us understand what are the things that you should look for in selecting a lab to do your testing of your hemp. Every hemp grower has to be concerned with and needs to know that they have not grown a variety of seed that has increased over the allowable uh, 0.3% THC. And Jeff walks us through and says, hey, these are the things you really ought to be looking for whenever you're trying to select a lab. Uh, I think you'll enjoy this, uh, this time with Jeff. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Nick Walters with the National Hemp Growers Co-op, and thank you all for joining us for our first uh, series of Wednesday webinars. So every Wednesday at 2 o'clock Central, we're going to go live and, and be able to have some guests that are um, influence makers and knowledge-based people and folks who are in the hemp industry to share information back with anybody and everyone else who wants to sign up and, and join us here. Um, just quick programming. If you're not a Zoom webinar uh, aficionado, you know, you can uh, highlight down at the bottom, move your cursor down to the bottom of the screen, and you can see a little button that says raise hand um, at the end. Or if along the way you've got questions or something like that, let me know that. And then I can go through, I think I can, unless I totally hose it up which is possible uh, for me to go in and, and uh, give you uh, access to be able to speak and to talk. Um, or you can just put your question into uh, the chat box or to the Q&A box. And if that's the case and you choose not to, to speak, that's okay. Then I can look there and ask the questions back to our guest uh, uh, who happens to be, it's a great segue, isn't it? We're going into introducing you right there. So Jeff Sullivan is uh, on with us today from New Bloom Labs. Uh, they have labs in Chattanooga, Tennessee, and in Dallas, Texas. And we asked Jeff to come share with us today from his point in the industry, how do you really uh, select a lab company to work with you as a either hemp uh, grower or as a processor? And Jeff's got a lot of insight into that. So Without any further ado, Jeff, let me let you take it, and you just rip and roll, and we'll just um, keep going as the as the flow goes. How about that? Cool. Sounds great, Nick. Thank you, and, and thanks for having me, and I'm honored to be your first guest uh, on your weekly webinar. Thank you so much, and uh, uh, I think your organization is, uh, you've got a, a long road ahead of you, but building a new organization is going to be exciting for you guys, and I think you're going to be wildly successful, so, you know, just, uh, you know, Keep it going, man. This industry needs more, uh, needs as much help as uh, farmers and processors and retailers can get. So thanks for having me. So I'm just going to kind of jump right in. So <clears throat> what I'm going to talk about really today is, is what are you looking for when you're trying to choose a lab? Of course, we like everybody to choose us, but we know that's not going to happen. So, 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 but, but, you know, things to, to really kind of focus in on when you call a lab or you are you're looking for a lab on the internet <clears throat> and it's a lab that you want to be basically you're going to be partners with these people it's more than just client relationship 
it's somebody you feel like you're really going to be partners with. And, and one of the, one of the big things is, is make sure that that lab is ISO 17025-2017 certified. ISO is the International Organization of Standards. And they are the ones who, uh, who come into your lab and they make, you, make sure that your lab is competent and that your lab is compliant and that your lab does things the right way. Uh, so they're just making sure that you're not a guy with an HPLC uh, in your grandmother's basement uh, trying to crank out some potency tests, right? So, so in fact, we just went through our yearly inspection with ISO. Uh, it started Monday. It's a two-day process. It was Monday and Tuesday. And we passed with zero deficiencies, which is incredibly rare. Uh, Dallas Lab passed with no deficiencies as well last week. Um, so that's a tribute to our team, our lab director, Natalie Syracusa, and her team in the back in the lab. So uh, it's very rare. Usually there's, you know, like uh, one piece of paper you forgot to put in your SOPs or something. But so, so make sure that your lab is ISO certified. Uh, also, oh, make sure also that they're not just ISO certified on just one uh, assay, like potency, make sure they're ISO certified on all the tests they do. Just because a lab says they're ISO certified doesn't mean that every one of their tests are ISO certified. You can say I'm an ISO certified lab, but it's probably just for potency. It's probably not for all of the tests that you perform in your lab. So ask that question as well, you know, so, and, 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 and uh, they can send you a certificate of certification on all the tests that they're certified on. Also, uh, make sure they're a DEA registered lab, um, uh, Drug Enforcement Administration. They work directly under uh, the Department of Justice. It was, uh, DEA was created in 1973 by Richard Nixon. Uh, it is very valuable in, uh, in our, it's a great, great organization. Uh, cracking down on uh, drug crimes, uh, drug trafficking, that kind of thing. But he, here's, here's where DEA is important uh, in a lab. Uh, a, you've jumped through all the hoops to be a DEA lab. What, what it really means is, is that you have security protocols in place in your lab in ca uh, because we occasionally get hot products in here, products that are over the 0.3 THC. Uh, which would be considered an illegal or a scheduled one drug like marijuana. Uh, those occasionally make their way in here, uh, especially products in midstream uh, like processors have a, a, a product uh, that, that's a little hot. Uh, these D8 products are, are very hot. They have a lot of Delta-9 in them. So being a DA registered lab means that we have security protocols. We, we track these products. We know exactly where they are in our labs. We have a disposal process uh, uh, for these products. So make sure your lab uh, is DEA certified. Now, it's not mandatory that your lab be DEA certified, mm. but choose one that is because they have chosen um, to be transparent and open about what they do and what they have in their lab. So it's just another hoop uh, that, that if a lab jumps through, it just means they're serious about what they do. Uh, also, some states... Uh, you can get what's called a uh, pharmaceutical research license. Uh, 
Uh, ask your lab if they have one of those in, in your state. Uh, we do. Um, we Again, it's another hoop that we've jumped through uh, just to prove to people we're very serious about what we do. So to, uh, that's a, a good question to ask. So those are two, two kind of things right off the top of my head. Um, also, um, one of the questions to ask is, um, uh, because we've seen some startup labs again, that, uh, offer a lot of different tests, but they actually only perform one test in their lab. And that's a potency test. Because that's your basic test you can get when you buy an HPLC, a uh, high-performance uh, liquid, liquid chromatography uh, is what that stands for. And we uh, use Agilent equipment. There's other good equipment out there. Ask your lab, what equipment do they use? And then you can do some research on, on, on the equipment. So um, ask the lab if they do all the tests in-house or if they only do a few tests in-house and then they have to uh, send out to another lab. Uh, the other test that's important to know, because uh, it this goes uh, to another thing I'm going to talk about the uh, turnaround time. Uh, so, um, do they do all the tests in house or do they send uh, tests out? Transparency, uh, 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 communication. Can you get some, in touch with someone at that lab to answer a question for for you very quickly? Uh, phone. Uh, I've uh, I probably five or six folks that I've talked to today, they all say, Jeff, I'm kind of having trouble reading my test results. Do you have time to go over it with me? Absolutely. I have time to go over that with you. If I can't do it, John Kearns, my business partner, he'll do it. He's our CEO, uh, our lab director, Natalie Syracuse. She'll go over them with you. Um, we're not leaving. Make sure your lab uh, has a, the lab you choose has some sort of, um, uh, way for you to communicate with them when you need to get in touch with them. Cause the last thing you need is to talk about your lab results and it takes two to three days for someone to get back to you. That's not helping you. That can be fatal in this industry. And I'll, I'll tell you why in just a few minutes. Uh, the other thing is, uh, what I uh, briefly touched on is turnaround time. Ask that lab what their turnaround time is. So from the time the sample hits the lab, not from the time you mail it because mailing is, is who knows sometimes it could be two days, three days, depends on where you're mailing from. Uh, but from the time the sample hits the lab, when can I expect my results back? And, uh, um, again, this is, can be incredibly fatal, uh, in this industry. If it's taken five, six, seven days to get just a potency test back, um, during harvest time, crops can get hot really fast. You don't need to be waiting five, six days for to get your potency test back. You need it back. So uh, uh, make sure the lab has next business day turnaround. Uh, some labs will charge extra for that. Um, some labs don't. The same price, next business day turnaround. Uh, so uh, make sure that, that that is something they can do. The only, the only test that is not next business day, and this is for, for all labs, is... Um, is, is the microbiology, uh, the microbial test. grow culture. It takes three to four days, two to three days to grow it, and then, and then one more day to get those results out. So that's really the only test that won't be next business day is your microbial testing. Mycotoxins are next business day because they're done on a QPCR. 
which is a great piece of equipment uh, uh, that, that uh, most labs should have. Um, so, so those are kind of the, the uh, you know, the 40,000 foot view of what, uh, you know, what, what you should ask and ask questions about when you're, when you're calling around looking for labs. Well, let me ask Mac, I jump in and ask a question. Listen, let me see if anybody else has got one. So <clears throat> back on the, the DEA registration, the DEA yeah. is a registration, not a licensing. Is that yeah. right? Yeah, correct. Yeah, you don't have a DEA license. What you have is you're registered with the DEA as a lab that is compliant to house and store Schedule One drugs and that you have security protocols in place and you have disposal protocols in place. So this is just basically telling our friends in law and oh, we're here. We're not pretending that we're hiding out somewhere in back of right. somebody's, you know, somebody's gym somewhere or whatever. <laughs> real. Right. We're here. Yeah. Know that we're registered and we're not sure. We come, come by. Come, come on. by and check out our paperwork. If we say right. we've got some hot products here, uh, then we do. But we, we hang on to everything for five business days in case there's a retest on something. So it's important to have security pro protocols and have these things locked up in cabinets that no one can get to. So if someone broke in here, they wouldn't be able to get to them. They wouldn't even really know what they're looking for. So, but in case that happens, you know, we, we have protocols in place that, that uh, keeps that stuff safe and off the streets, man. Right. But that's the kind of stuff too that ISO is is setting forth in their protocols, right? So ISO is internal to the people in the industry that do this type of testing that said we all know what the standards are because we are of the group that that understands what separates us from the bad actors, right? And yeah, correct. It's it's they're like audits basically, but sure. uh, in, in a in a, in a science uh, sense, as a science kind of way, it's an audit on your science. It's an audit on your SOPs, your standard operating procedures. Are they right? Um, are they correct? Are they efficient? Um, so, yeah, they go through every single page. They don't leave a, a leaf unturned in this place uh, for two days while they're here. And they come in here and, and you know, I, you know, I don't have anything to do. You know, I mean, I can go back a Back in the uh, first part when we opened our lab, I would do intake back in the lab. But, you know, they still, they want to know everybody. You have to have, everyone has to have a, a resume on file. You know, it's, they want to know who's in this, in the lab doing business. And uh, they're very thorough. As you would want them to be. As you would want them to be. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. You're not, no going, you're not going through the certification for kicks and giggles, right? No. You're doing no, because it really matters. Yeah, and it, it takes the lab staff a, a month to prepare. I mean, you're, wow. yeah, you're constantly staying on top of everything, but uh, it takes it takes a good month to prepare uh, uh, for the uh, inspection. Uh, so it's, uh, it's 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 not something you mess around with. Well, l let me ask you about that. You you mentioned one of the good things is you'll want to ask a lab. What are you actually doing in house as compared yeah. to what you might be farming out to to somebody else? Certainly, right. that goes to turnaround time. Certainly, that goes to customer service. Uh -huh. All of those issues that are there. And my guess is, it's a matter of 
of personnel and the capital to buy the right machines that you would need to be able to do the testing. But I mean, that might be one reason why a lab may may farm stuff out, right? Instead of doing it in-house themselves. Yeah, 100%. But, uh, uh, somebody who's been you know, on the toxicology side of the lab business, they see a space in their area where they live for a hemp lab, but they've only got uh, maybe a hundred thousand dollars to put in the game. That's only going to get you a, a one HPLC and some equipment uh, uh, to go in and uh, you know some rental space, all that. That's all that's really going to get you. So all you can do with that is do uh, uh, potency testing. That's the only thing you can do. So if you put out a uh, an order form or a test menu that shows that you do potency, heavy metals, pesticides, mycotoxins, microbials. People will send you that and, and say, I want potency, I want a heavy metal, I want a pesticide. Well, it comes in, you can do the potency in-house, but you've got to farm out the other two tests. You've got to have a partner out there somewhere. So you overnight those samples to, your, to the other lab, they perform the test, get the results back to you, and then you shoot them back over your client. Yeah, it has to do with turnaround time. Uh, and, um, um, it's, uh, uh, there are a lot of labs, a lot of labs out there that do that. So that's a good question to ask them, you know, Hey, do you do everything? Do you do all your tests in-house? Right. That's important. Well, yeah. Where does the liability go on something like that? I mean, are they, so let's say I subbed it out to another lab to go do my, you know, yeah. Metal testing or something like that. And, and, and they're the ones that have that now. Yeah. Um, their results. So really though, that lab, if I'm the lab and I've subbed it out, then I am that lab's customer, right? Not the yeah. guy who actually sent in the, sent in the sample. And so right. then is it my responsibility by ISO standards or others to certify what that other group certified and I'm basically taking their certification and then I'm <laughs> wrapping it all up and giving it right. back to you? Or do I just go, Hey, I don't know. They did it. I don't know. No. Nope. Where does the, the chain of screw up happen in that? Yeah, no, it, it, it's your responsibility. It's lab A's responsibility that the tests are done and performed properly. So that's why if you have to get a partner like that, that's going to perform other tests for you, you need to make sure it's a really good legitimate lab because you're, you're hanging your business model on that other lab. So you better be sure they know what they're doing. But it ultimately is your responsibility, the lab A's responsibility that everything gotcha. gets done. Because the, the client, they don't know about Lab B. They don't know. They don't know who to call. They don't know who it is. They think you're doing it because you didn't right. tell them. They, so it's it's all on your shoulders. Really yeah. great questions to ask. That's a, yeah, I absolutely. About that, right? I, I would assume that you hang out a shingle and say, I can do the testing. And that, that, you know, you are, and maybe and you've got your certification and maybe even your registration. But that doesn't right. mean it that you're going to be able to get it back. And so instead of, if I'm all of a sudden calling, if the only way I can communicate, this is my guess, okay? But if the only way that I can communicate with my lab is through some online portal or through some email or something like that, yeah. I'm going to get pretty nervous pretty quickly because I want to know I can talk to a live human and say, hey, right. since you sample BR549 and I want to know where that booger is right now. Okay? Where is it? Say it's on its way or... Yeah. You don't want to say, well, we're waiting on FedEx to deliver it. It's gone off to the lab in North Dakota to get checked. And that's starting to not be real. Brutal. Yeah. Then, then, then that, that client's losing faith in you. 
just really fast, right? Like, golly, I thought I was doing business with Lab A. I didn't know I was doing business with Lab A and Z. I mean, you're you're starting to lose faith in, in kind of what you're doing. And and I've got a uh, if if you don't mind, um, I've got a real quick little slideshow sure. uh, that I, that I want to share with you that goes over a couple of things as well. So um, I'm gonna do. Uh, let's see. Uh, it says host disable participant. Oh, okay. I think I just checked. Okay, got it. You did. You did. Yeah, you're good. I'll have to remember to do that next time. Hmm. Yeah. All right. Can you see it? No. Oh, hang on. It's because I have to hit present. Sorry. Now, can you see it? I don't. I'm sorry. Very strange. That's user error on my end, I'm sure. But so you hit the share screen button, and then did you click on the back end? Uh, well, shoot. Huh. Now I'm trying to find, uh, <laughs> you got too many screens open. I've done that. I'm trying to, yeah, no, I'm just, uh, I'm trying to get back to you now. Uh, well, we still are seeing you. Oh, you are? Okay, good. Um, my, and then, so, sorry about this. Start presentation, loading, and it shows that it should be there. Hang on. Shows that it's loaded. Do you have multiple screens or multiple windows? No. Man, I'm sorry. I... Okay. Uh, uh, all right. Well, y'all can see me. Um, yeah. I thought I thought I knew how to do this, and I apologize. I really do, but. You need to like um, use some finger puppets or something like that? With yeah, that? no. <laughs> I tell, you know, I, I tell you, since you can see me, I... God, dog. Click to ask speaker notes. Uh, uh, which is Alex still on? Uh, yeah. Um, and now I'm in a place where I can't even get to the screen. I can see you guys. I'm sorry, man. Okay. Uh, sorry, I don't. Man. I don't know what happened. All right. No problem. Um. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Sure. Yeah, yeah, we certainly can. So um, uh, what it is, basically, it's, it's, it's a little slide to a little presentation we do. It's actually it's actually pretty good. So I'll just kind of go go through it real quick. And I, I'm so sorry you can't see it. Uh, so, you know, uh, why is testing so critical? Well, testing does three things for you. 
um, it, 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 you, it, it's legal compliance, quality control, and consumer safety. So those are the three things that you, that, that, uh, when you partner up with a testing lab, those are the three things that lab provides for you. Again, legal compliance, quality control, and consumer safety. So when we talk about compliance testing, what we're talking about is, is, um, uh, are you compliant? Are you legally compliant in your state? Some states are Delta 9.3. Some states are total THC uh, below 0.3. So uh, compliance testing means, am I going to be legally compliant and within the rules and regulations of, of what my state says uh, uh, is a legal crop? Uh, uh, so that's compliance testing. Uh, also, uh, uh, compliance, um, is, is some states require that a, uh, a, uh, um, uh, a testing, a, a person that is trained to take samples called a sampler comes out and takes your sample for your official state test. Some states don't require that. Just make sure you look into that and see in your state, if you, if it requires a sampler to come, uh, and take a sample. But again, that would only be for your state compliant test. Just regular monitoring and testing of your of your crop. You don't need a you don't need that. You can just mail mail samples right into your lab. So consumer safety would be pesticide testing, mycotoxins, heavy metals, microbials, residual solvents. Those would be considered consumer safety testing. And in quality control, that's where we look at your potency testing. So one of the things we like to tell, especially new farmers, is uh, uh, that it's time to start testing your crop. When you have a bud about the size of your thumb, about half your thumb, that's when you should do your first test. That'll give you a good baseline on your potency. Where am I on THC? Where am I on my CBDs? That's a good first test. And then you should test about every 10 days after that until you harvest. So quality control, you are looking and you're watching your THCs, you're watching all your cannabinoids start to grow, then that will determine when your harvest is. Uh, when you get close to the 0.3, uh, uh, you'll be looking at that going, okay, I'm at 0.265, it's probably time to harvest. So that, again, that's quality control, you're staying on top of, of, uh, of, of your crop. So if, if you want, it, it, most people who have lost crops, what I mean is, is the, the state did their official state testing on the crop and they were at 0.425 total THC, way over the legal limit. What Nine times out of 10, what happened was that farmer did not understand the importance of testing. In other words, he may have tested one time early on, but then thought, oh, I'll just wait. And now I'll just wait when I think it's ready. Because people have this misconception that they can look at it and tell when it's ready. You cannot look at a hemp bud or a hemp plant and tell when it's ready to harvest. You can only tell through testing. So they waited. They said, all right, they called the state. The state came out and did their test. They were hot. Crop had to be burned. They lost their crop or plowed under. It, it, it's, it's because they didn't do normal quality control potency testing on that crop throughout the grow. 
that is a real, real, uh, that, that is one of the, again, fatal mistakes that people make in this business. They, they have to learn the importance of staying on top of, uh, of your control testing, your potency testing. Uh, again, um, we've already talked about, uh, you know, you start testing, like when I told you about the size of your thumb, uh, you, you keep doing those tests about every 10 days, uh, pre-harvest you do, you do another test pre-harvest. You, you are making sure that those tests line up to what the state test said. Uh, and then post-harvest, you want to do full panel testing, which is pesticides, heavy metals, microbials, uh, and mycotoxins. Uh, then as you store your hemp and you're drying it and curing it, You'll want to do potency testing, mold testing, and mycotoxin testing to make sure there's no mold or mycotoxins that have formed in your hemp while it was drying. Uh, and then at the point of sale, uh, people who want to buy this from you, they're going to re- they're going to request a full panel test. So those are kind of the it's kind of a timeline of, of things that kind of happen uh, throughout through, throughout the life cycle of seed to sale uh, on testing. So one of the biggest, one of the biggest uh, problems we have is sampling technique. So consistency is key here. Uh, uh, let's say you, you're a grower and uh, you're growing hemp and, and your first sample you sent me, you went out and you cut the top middle cola out of that plant, sent it to me, results looked great. 10 days later, you send uh, a guy who works for you or uh, a lady who works for you out into the field and you say, hey, go cut me a sample. It's been 10 days. I need to send another sample to, to, to my lab. Well, they go out and they cut a cola that's down towards the bottom of the plant. <clears throat> you send that to me and it is nothing like the first sample. It's not going to be nearly as potent. Uh, the numbers are going to be way off and you're going to think, man, Instead of my plant getting more potent, it's getting less potent. So now you're calling me and I'm trying to walk it through and ask you where the sample was from. So consistency is key. So you have to be consistent about where you're pulling these samples from and sending them to your lab. Make sure you're pulling them from roughly, not the same plant, but roughly the same place on the plant. Uh, It can definitely be a different plant. Just don't send me one from the top. And then 10 days later, send me a cola from the bottom off another plant. It's just results are just not going to be consistent at all. So, uh, excuse me. So, and then uh, again, picking a lab, we just, we've gone through that turnaround time, ISO, DEA, transparency, getting somebody on the phone. When you ship your hemp, always use the U.S. Postal Service. Mm. Um, FedEx and, and UPS. Uh, over the years, we it's just hit and miss. I mean, sometimes FedEx will deliver them, and sometimes they'll start confiscating them. And we've had a huge problem with that. So always, always use the U.S. Postal Service when you're shipping your hemp because they've been given directives. I don't, they don't care if it smells like marijuana. They've been given directives to ship it. And you know, if it's you know going to a residence, they they may you know wonder about it if it smells really funky. But coming to a business, coming to a lab, U.S. Postal Service has been given directive. They, they can ship hemp. Put your license in there. Uh, so if they do open it, <coughs> excuse me, they'll see you're just a regular old hemp grower. Uh, 
uh, U.S. Postal Service has been really, really good for us. Now, their service has been uh, sketchy, uh, uh, some, especially over the holidays, but, but uh, samples always get to us. So a lot of people ask us, you know, uh, a lab, you know, how much sample do you need? Well, it depends on the test you're doing, but for just, we're just going to talk about basic potency testing. You need uh, roughly three grams dry weight, and that would be basically like a palm full of dried material. And I wish you could see my picture here because John's got a, a, a palm full of, of dried uh, uh, buds, and it'll give you an idea what three grams of weight looks like. Uh, and, and, man, that's it. Uh, uh, you know, um, uh, choosing a lab is incredibly important. Uh, they're the ones who, uh, if, if you are paying attention to your lab results, <clears throat> excuse me, and you understand how to read your COAs, this can make it make or break your business. And a COA is what? Yeah, certificate of analysis. I'm sorry, I should have said that. Okay. So it is the report that you get back from us showing the results of the test. Again, it stands for certificate of analysis, COA. Let me ask, may I ask a question on that real quick? Yeah. Of course, now, anybody attending or whatever, you want to hit your raise your hand button down there or put something in the chat room. I'm trying to watch that to make sure we're asking Jeff <clears throat> and he's able to answer. He's ready to answer any of your questions that you have. Sure. Um, other than, Jeff, can you tell me how to do share screen on a Zoom webinar? That one he's not sure about. <laughs> but the rest of the rest of them he's, he's pretty good on. Yeah. So, um <laughs> You, you talked about being in compliance with the various state laws, right? So are you yeah. saying back on that COA, will a COA come back and go, yes, you're compliant in Virginia, and you've modified it to say, no, you're not compliant if you're in Kansas? Or do you just say, here's the information. Now, you, the grower, because ultimately you're responsible for this, you, you have to be able to connect your own dots to understand where you are in your compliance piece. Yeah, yeah, that's correct. Uh, so it's just the COA with all the information on it, and you are responsible for knowing uh, what your rules and regulations are in your state. Now, I know most of them, so you can absolutely pick up the phone and call me, and I'll walk you through it uh, and help you understand it. But, yeah, you should know in, if you live in a state that's a, a Delta 9.3 or total uh, uh, THC state, you, you, should, you should know that before you put a seed in the ground because that will determine what varieties you can grow. Some varieties, yeah, because some, some varieties, if you want to reach a real high CBD, it's going to go way past 0.3 in your total uh, uh, THC column, just the nature of that plant, uh, of that variety. So you've got to make sure you're choosing varieties like in Alabama, they're a total THC state, so they have to get as high CBD as they can, but keep it below 0.3 total THC. So you can't grow a variety that we grow here in Tennessee where we don't care what the total THC is. We just are concerned about the Delta 9 THC. Yes. So totally different varieties, man. Yes. Well, that fits into the a question. Can you scroll down at the bottom of your screen? Can you see our screen now still? Or do you see? No, man. I, I can't see our screen at all. It, it, uh, I don't know what's happened to my. Okay, to my well, I can computer. read it to you. No, no, this yeah. is this. Come, 
This comes from from one of our our um, attendees who says yeah. uh, they're new to the hemp industry. Oh. Uh, yesterday they listened to a discussion on Delta HTHC. Okay. One researcher said that some labs still cannot accurately distinguish Delta eight from Delta nine and thus may skew the Delta nine results. Mm -hmm. So what question would you ask and what answer would you want to hear from the lab mm -hmm. so that you can have confidence that the lab is capable of distinguishing Delta-8 and Delta-9 accurately, as well as all of the other cannabinoids and potency mm -hmm. tests. Yeah, that's a, that's a great question. I answer that question eight times a day here at the lab on the phone. Okay. So, <laughs> so I'm very, very familiar with that question. So uh, 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 one of the things, so here, here's kind of the issue is uh, Delta-8 is new. Delta-8 is incredibly popular because you are incredibly relaxed uh, uh, off Delta 8 products. They're very, they are, I'm surprised that they haven't uh, uh, rescheduled it into a scheduled one drug yet. It's probably coming uh, because I have, people have told me, man, I, I had a, a Delta 8 vape and I was, I was as high as if I had smoked some Willie Nelson uh, weed, right? <laughs> so, so here's, here's the thing. Ask the lab, say, are, uh, uh, do you have experience in testing Delta-8? Uh, if they do, then, you know, you might want to give them a shot. But ask them, say, after, after I get my results back, will you, will you provide me with a chromatograph? Now, we only provide these if you call and request it. It doesn't come along with the COA. So a chromatograph is, is what we see back uh, in the lab on the computers, when the HPLCs run and and do their thing, these it it detects what we've told it to detect. So these machines, we put standards in them. I'll use Delta Eight as one. We buy a little vial of Delta Eight standards. We put it in the HPLC, so the HPLC knows what 100% Delta Eight looks or tastes like. Right? If we didn't put it in there, it wouldn't know the, to to taste for it. So it knows the taste for Delta eight. So what we do is, 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 is um, we will send you a chromatograph that shows the peaks and valleys. It'll show you the peaks of Delta eight, the peaks of Delta nine. And also we also test for uh, what's called Delta 10. It's a Delta 10 R and a Delta 10 S. We are able to, our scientists are so good and our SOPs are written that we can see the peaks uh, the difference in the peaks from Delta eight and Delta nine, a lot of labs cannot distinguish between the two. So what happens is, uh, a guy that owns a smoke shop, uh, wants to buy some Delta eight vape cartridges. <clears throat> he, uh, orders some gets a COA from, from another lab. And it says 80% Delta eight non-detect Delta nine, right? because that lab was not able to distinguish between the two peaks. They send it to me. I test it. I tell him, Hey man, it's 60% Delta eight and 20% Delta nine. And they're like, well, why didn't the other lab see this? And we're like, well, you know, you got to pick your, you got to pick your labs wisely, man. So yeah, we see this every day. I mean, very, I very back. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to yeah, no, no, no. I'm just going to say, 
there are very, very few people who are able to take Delta eight and remediate out the Delta nine. There are only a couple of people in the country that to my knowledge that are actually doing it uh, successfully. Almost all Delta eight has a lot of Delta nine in it. That's why people like it so much. They're getting high off of it. So if I got a result back that said undetectable, that may be a red flag right there to go, ah, I better make sure that I got a lab that can indeed detect it. It could be a red flag. I want to run that risk of just undetectable. Yeah, it could certainly be a red flag. Uh, Maybe there are a couple other folks who are remediating, being able to take out the Delta 9 in these Delta 8 cartridges. We don't see them. I mean, there's still lots of Delta 9 in almost all these products. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Yep. Very, very cool. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. All right. Who else? Anybody else a question before we um, all go on our merry way? Speak up. I'm here. All right. Well, <laughs> Jeff, um, we've got, uh, uh, we'll, we should, I think we put it all out in the info when we gave everybody your, your website and let them know how to contact okay, good. you there. Do you have yeah. any, um, uh, uh, a particular phone number or email address or something that you'd like any of these folks to be able to follow up with you or just yeah, yeah. website or? Sure. Sure. I mean, if, if you want to reach me at the lab, Again, it's New Bloom Labs. You can reach me at 844-837-8223. I'm here today till 5, 5-ish, maybe 5.30. You can reach me after hours. My phone rings all the time, my cell phone. So you're more than happy to have my personal cell phone number. That's 901-481-5321. And you can call me after hours. I'm always helping clients late. Uh, so because we, we make sure I got yeah. that right. Cause I'm going to put it in the chat here. So okay. Your cell is nine zero one four eight one five three two one. That's correct. Okay. Terrific. I put that, I so put that in. The, we release reports. In. Yeah. So we get like the samples that came in yesterday before noon, they ran last night and they'll get reported out this afternoon after about four o'clock. So a lot of times when I get home, people are just pulling up their, their results at six, seven o'clock at night and, and they'll pick up and they'll call my cell phone and, Hey man, can I go over these with you real quick? Absolutely. Not a problem. I do it, do it every night, man. Right. Well, and that's part of the thing of that you're asking about probably on customer service whenever yep. you're trying to figure out the right lab. But my guess is you're not really going to know that until you've tried it a couple of times with the lab and they go, give them a shot. <laughs> <on> the phone. <laughs> See if you can get them on the phone, man, at seven o'clock at night. Right. Uh, you know, I'm sure there are a couple of labs out there that, that you can, but, but, you know, we, we kind of built our business around that. So, but yeah, th- that's a great question. Hey, can I, can I, can I have your cell phone? <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's right. That's right. That's true. Yeah. Jeff, I couldn't. I can't thank you enough um, yeah. for being here with us as we kicked off our our Wednesday webinar series. So, for everybody to know, next week we will have uh, John Stropus, who is a real live uh, hemp farmer and grower from Minnesota. And John is, in addition to being a real live hemp grower, he also is the president currently of the U.S. Hemp Growers Association which is a, um, a nationwide group of, uh, of a, a trade association advocacy group 
made up of people who were actual uh, growers in uh, in the industry. And so uh, John's topic is going to be on uh, roughly around the title of things I wish I knew before I started growing hemp. So hopefully that will be very interesting for, for everybody to learn a little bit more about as well, too. So thank you, everybody, for your time. Keep watching back to our website and uh, find other great things we're doing to try to raise the awareness in the industry. And tomorrow is National Hemp Day, right? So tomorrow is happy National Hemp Day to everybody as well. Jeff, thank you, man. appreciate it. Thanks, Nate. Glad to be here, buddy. Appreciate it. All right. Take care. All right. Bye.